It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Rookie minicamp observations, a very low amount of people in the D.C. market actually call themselves Commanders fans, but is that really a surprise? And another NFL team has trouble on the horizon, what it has to do with Washington. All of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen of the day or your first view if you're joining us on YouTube. Getting ever so close, Chris, to the 1,000 subscriber mark, which is a huge benchmark for any YouTube page. So we appreciate all of you who have subscribed so far to the channel. Uh, if you haven't already, please do us a favor and head over there, check it out. And if you feel so inclined, click the subscribe button. It'll help us out greatly. I am David Harrison covering your commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris Russell, the rooster, one half of the Russell and Met her show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we are not there or here, we're on Twitter at DHarrison82, at WrestleMania621, and at LO. Commanders. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, I was at Commanders Rookie Minicamp on Friday, Chris. Unfortunately, you were not because the radio uh, would not let you off of your four hour show to go watch a, a one hour practice, hour and a half long practice. Depends on how much you want to take off for stretching and all that stuff. Um, but we were there Friday as a as a group because if one of us is there, we're both there. That's the way partnerships work at the Innova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn. Um, I joined you on your radio show actually to talk a little bit about it, but uh, you know, Locked On Commanders is a, is a wide listener base, a viewership base. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the rookie camp. Right, exactly. And I'm glad you got to go, and I'm glad you guys were indoors as opposed to being outside in the soaking rain. Uh, yes. And like like you mentioned, you know, when you join me on the radio, so I already know some of the stuff that you saw, but for our audience that didn't get to hear that interview, um, we wanted to kind of review and just kind of go top on down. So Jahan Dotson wasn't there on Saturday because Ron Rivera allowed him to go graduate from Penn right. State, but he was there on Friday. David, the number one pick, 
pick, obviously, a lot of expectations. I, I guess the best way to kind of look at it or ask it is, did he look smooth and fast and crisp at ground eye level first time seeing him in Commander's Colors? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, nothing they're doing is at full speed, right? So, uh, so you don't want to say that he looked, he was at full speed and, and you, you really saw that four, four, you know, uh, rumored to be kind of four, three play speed uh, and all that stuff that you saw at Penn state and, and people wanted to see at the combine and all that. But what you did see out of him was very, very effective, was very smooth, looked very comfortable on the football field, um, was, was taking to coaching. You know, I mentioned to you uh, on Friday, the, the, where the wide receivers were getting coached up and going through some of their warmups and some of their drills. Right. And everything was right on the sideline that the media was standing on. So we got to see pretty much everything they were doing with John Dotson and his other wide receiver mates uh, there at the minicamp. And uh, he was taking everything in. You know what I mean? He, he was going through uh, the drills, 100% effort. You know, he was running through uh, everything at the end of it. He, there was no there was no lag in effort, no lag in at the end of it. You know, once the drill was done, there was there was no taking it easy type of thing uh, and all that. And you saw a couple of times the coach kind of came over to him and said, hey, you know, tweak this, tweak that you know, do this a little bit faster, do this a little bit more aggressively. And he nodded and went back and you saw the next rep and he came back and he implemented the coaching. And that's really what you want to see out of your first round draft pick is see some of that athletic ability. But then also see as the coaches are there tutoring him and, and all that stuff, you know, make sure the draft the draft selection isn't going to his head because uh, just like, you know, Coach Longo from North Carolina said to me last week, when we were talking about Sam Howell. Once you get into the organization, nobody cares your draft selection was. It doesn't matter if you're a first round pick or a seventh round pick, the guys who put in the work and the guys who show the ability to help the team win are going to be the ones that get on the field. Uh, so you want to make sure these guys aren't getting a little too in love uh, with their own press clippings. And and yeah, I'd say that you saw from Jahan Dotson what you wanted to see from him, which was fluidity in and out of routes. And Chris, a little bit of aggression coming through some of the hand fighting drills they were going through on the sideline there. Did he seem like one of the things that people jumped out or one of the things that I guess jumped out about Jahan Dotson is that he caught pretty much everything at Penn yeah. State wide catch radius. Did he seem to have that again? First glance. Yeah, I mean, I don't you know, I again, I didn't watch every rep that Jahan Dotson or every ball that flew toward Jahan Dotson just because there's so many things going on, as you know. Right. Um, but for those who maybe have never kind of seen it, you got, you know, defensive linemen are over here working on some drills, linebackers and DBs maybe over here working on some some footwork. Yeah, O line on the other side. Like hard to see you ever. got like six or seven round robin yeah. stations happening all at the same time. Like they're not yeah. You know, the, the team isn't going to go, okay, media, who do you want to see now? Let's right. let's have them go. So you yeah, kind of have your head on a swivel. Um, yeah. But yeah, everything I saw fly towards Jahan Dotson. If it wasn't caught, it wasn't because Jahan Dotson could have caught it. It was because the ball, you know, there was one throw I know specifically that kind of made its rounds on Twitter uh, where Jahan, they were running towards, uh, you know, from like the 45 going into the end zone type of deal. Uh, Jahan broke his route. It was now breaking around. He broke it off like the 20. I think Sam expected him to break it off at the 25. So where Sam threw it would have been great if it was at the 25, but Jahan was at the 20. So the ball obviously fell incomplete. That's it's it's day one. You know, look for everybody who saw that tweet and was like, oh, great. You know, this is what it's day one, guys. It's day one. Right. It, don't make anything. Don't make too much of that. But that's why yeah. you practice, though. That's exactly. Why that's why we have practice. Kind of yeah. communication and to get yeah. those kind of experiences. Yeah. All right, so that's but that's <laughs> that's good to hear because I didn't see that. Uh, and uh, and 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 certainly, I'm sure people are going to make a big deal out of it. It really Something. is no big deal. One of the things we talked about, David, on Friday, and you pointed this out, was using Brian Robinson as a receiver more. Yeah. Now, again, this is rookie minicamp, right? This is not the rest of the the veterans and all that 
So everything will right. be different at the end of May when we're next out there. But one of the things that both of us, I think, were juiced up a little bit about is Brian Robinson as a receiver. And at Alabama, mm -hmm. in his one really full year of usage, uh, 35 catches on like 37 targets and almost 300 yards. So some of the right. skill package is there. And if you can get that out of him or get something like that out of him on the NFL level, it's important because it's not then all of a sudden a telltale sign that they're going to run it when he's on the field. Absolutely. That's what you want. You want that versatility to make sure the defense has to play honest. Um, honestly, I go back to Ezekiel Elliott. Like we talked about it on Friday, but then mm -hmm. kind of going through the weekend, uh, I go back to Ezekiel Elliott and I was at his pro day when he came out of Ohio state and, and a lot of people kind of said the same thing about Zeke is, is, you know, Ohio State didn't really throw him the ball that much. He didn't really look like a shifty receiving type of running back. And that was the kind of guy that people were starting to lean towards in the, in the National Football League. So there were some concerns over whether he could do those things. And at that time, I even made the argument that just because Ohio State didn't ask him to do it doesn't mean he right. wasn't able to do it. Then we get to the pro day and very, very de by design, Ezekiel Elliott ran a lot of routes. He ran wide receiver routes. He ran routes out of the running out of the out of the backfield type of set. Uh, during his own workout to show NFL teams that not only could he catch the ball, but he was comfortable catching the ball and he looked comfortable catching the ball. Brian Robinson showed the same thing on Friday and the Washington commanders put him in a lot of pass sets. They had him in the slot. They had him split out wide uh, from time to time. As you know, again, limited personnel. So, you know, you line up people sometimes in positions you may not necessarily line up. I'm not, right. I'm not saying you're going to see Brian Robinson split outside wide with Terry McLaurin during the regular season necessarily, but he was out there and they were doing some things with him. And the key thing is he looked smooth. And when he's catching the ball, it wasn't any hand fighting. He didn't look like he was laboring to get it. He was catching the ball, bringing it in smooth, getting turned upfield very quickly. Uh, definitely looked like he was comfortable with it. And he even said after the practice, he was asked about it. And he said, I know I can do this, you know, just because I didn't do it. Again, basically, just because I didn't do it a lot doesn't mean I can't do it. I know what I can do. I'm just glad I'm able uh, to show everybody else doing it. Fedarian Mathis, his Alabama teammate, defensive lineman, was asked, hey, were you surprised at all to see Brian kind of looking so smooth and fluid? in the passing game, and he literally laughed. He literally laughed and said, no, I'm not surprised. I saw it every day at practice in Alabama, so I know what right. he can do. So, again, just because the Crimson Tide didn't lean on it, basically because they didn't need to lean on it, doesn't mean he can't do it. And, again, it's one day, so just as much as you don't, you know, don't torpedo everything because Sam Howell was, was five yards short or John Dotson was five yards long on a route, don't get too excited about Brian Robinson, you know, one day of, of, of smooth pass catching. But, again, if he's if if he's just a natural if he's just not a natural pass catcher you're going to see it even on day one so to see him look comfortable means that there is ability there they just got to move work towards getting it incorporated into their offense all right coming up next more on what David saw from a Washington Commanders rookie minicamp including Sam Howell's arm strength he's talked a little mm -hmm. bit about that already uh in terms of that um the, the, not hooking up on that one throw. Uh, with Jahan Dotson, but more on that and how electric was fifth round pick Cole Turner in person, plus a surprising Commanders fan survey, or maybe it isn't. That's next on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Yeah, we'll do all that. Thanks to our friends at betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, the chase for the cup, and the major league baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, thanks for making us the uh, Locked On Commanders podcast, that is, your first listen and your first watch if you're watching along on YouTube every day. We appreciate however you consume this podcast. Along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO Commanders and, of course, our Twitter handles on the screen. For those of you listening, it's at DHarrison82 uh, and at WrestleMania621. All right. Uh, David, before we move on to uh, maybe a surprising survey, how electric was fifth-round pick Cole Turner, the tight end, in in person? Everybody seemed to be buzzing about him after the practice. We know about his athleticism. We know about his size. We know what scheme he came out of. We know he's going to be a red zone threat eventually. How Mm -hmm. cool was he in person? Oh, he was great. And, and, you know... uh these types of camp situations and environments, I think are made to kind of accentuate talents, like, like what Cole Turner brings to the field. But uh, there are two specific plays, you know, there was a pass up the seam and there's a pass on the sideline. I know the one up the seam is really kind of getting, getting some, some Twitter, some Twitter buzz. I think John Keim uh, of ESPN is one who tweeted out the video, a great video of it. Um, You know, he, he goes up and runs up the seam. I told you on Friday, it's basically kind of the classic route that Rob Gronkowski has really made. Uh, his money on in the National Football League. Cole runs a similar type route. Again, there's no defense, right? So again, grain of salt and all that stuff, you know, consider there's no defense. But Cole runs his route, the ball comes out, it's basically right on top of him, which if you've ever tried to catch a football running in a straight line with a helmet on, a football coming right at you is really not actually what you want. You kind of want it off to one side, you know, preferably the side you're turning to, uh, but you kind of want it off to the side. Like you said, it's basically going right over his head. He makes the adjustment, snags it right out of the air, doesn't lose his footing, doesn't even stumble, doesn't bobble, nothing. I mean, he just locks the catch in. Uh, there's another one on the sidelines that was that was very high. Uh, he gets both feet down. Again, it was on the opposite sideline. So from what we could tell, he gets both feet down. Uh, but he throws the mitts up there, gets it, brings it in, tucks it uh, before he goes out of the out of bounds. And I mean, it was just it was a really good day for him running through the defense, looking smooth, didn't you know get bogged up in traffic, didn't get confused, stumble or get you know uh, knocked off course. Uh, very very confident in what he was doing out there, uh, running plays really for the first time. All right, we're going to have to save some of this for the next episode, but one last one for today at least. Could you see Sam Howell's arm strength really pop uh, in, yeah. in one practice, or did they not allow him to really let it go and let it fly? Yeah, I mean, it didn't rip too much, you know what I mean? But you saw some good things, and, and what you were looking for, and again, this phase is kind of all about what can the player do for the team. So you're not really going to go out there and, and and crucify a guy too much for missing with a receiver because, again, the, the, the chemistry is just not there, and you can't expect it to be there. But – what you really like seeing is some of those some of those outbreaking routes like going towards the sideline, right? Um, I've seen Tom Brady throw a pick six on some of these routes. Sometimes those balls, they don't get to the sideline. They kind of drift upfield a little bit, and they kind of give that defensive back just that extra second they need to break in front of the, the receiver and, and get the ball. Sam Howell, when he throws the ball to the sideline, that thing gets to the outside hash mark very, very quickly, uh, and it's a very sharp angle, and that's kind of what you want to see. I mentioned to you that there were a couple of out routes that he was throwing during drills where – because of where I was standing, that if his receiver, whether it was Jahan Dotson or any of these other guys, some of the tryout players, 
if they don't catch the ball, that thing's coming right towards my face. And I'll tell you, that thing was beeline, and I was watching that spiral come right towards me. There's no wobble to that ball, so it looked very good for what you saw. Him. Some good zip, as they say. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. A little bit of mustard on there, a little yeah. spicy bowl mustard from Sam. I would not be on camera today if those guys hadn't caught that football. I'll tell you that uh, right now. We'll have a couple of more reactions to what David saw from Fedarian Mathis and, and Percy Butler and the seventh round picks and what maybe Ron Rivera had to say coming up on the next episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. But just uh, David kind of transitioning here, uh, our friend Eric Flack and our partner, WUSA9, uh, which does tremendous work, and they've been all over the stadium issue and a lot of the fan-based issue and research and reporting. They've exclusively obtained com consumer research from Nielsen Scarborough, uh, which says only 29% of adults in the Washington, D.C. television market called themselves Commanders fans. That's fewer than one out of every three people in the area. And it's a gigantic drop from all the way back in 2004, which again, long time ago, mm -hmm. 18 years ago, whatever it is, when 51% of the market in a similar survey identified themselves as friends of the then Washington Redskins, right. okay? So when I say that, before I give you any other context, 51% 2004 to 29% in 2022 in the Washington, D.C. television market, which, again, doesn't mean just Washington, D.C. It means the greater surrounding area and even right. as south as Fredericksburg, Virginia. What does that, what does that mean to you? Uh, it means this, two, this team has been losing for a while. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's kind of what you expect from any team that's been having some struggles. Uh, is that that fandom is going to go down? I mean, I remember covering Buccaneers games and going to Raymond James Stadium, and I, I never thought I'd see a football stadium so empty right. as I did uh, down there in Tampa. And and uh, you know, something that they say in Tampa is 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 true in DC as well. I think maybe not as year round, but it's still very true, especially during the early part of the NFL season. Is there are options? You know what I mean? Like people in DC, people in in Maryland, people in Virginia. You have options. There, there are beaches within you know spitting distance. There are museums. There are aquariums. There are movie theaters. They're just staying in and watching Netflix. Like people have options when it comes to getting their entertainment. So if you're not putting a good entertaining product on the field, if you're an NFL franchise or a basketball, hockey, baseball franchise, the, your fan base is not starved for 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 things to be able to go and do. You know what I mean? You're, you're not looking at, and I don't want to sound you know you know, tongue in cheek about any other specific cities, but like Indianapolis, like, you know, Indianapolis, like you're kind of landlocked, like you're not going to the beach on a, on a random right. Sunday afternoon right. in Indianapolis. Like right. there's a little bit less competition, you know what I mean? For, for the, for the Colts there. So, I mean, you know, DC, again, it, it's a beautiful area. There's a lot of things to do. There's just, there's options there. So if you're not providing people a reason to go out of their way to go see you, you know, uh, diehard fans, we love diehard fans, but the, the fact of the matter is the majority of any fan base is not diehard. They're not as diehard as, as people would like them to be. And when this team starts uh, starts winning again, Chris, the diehards will be the ones to say, welcome to all you new guys. We've been here. Right. Make room for us. And we appreciate those guys. But most fans are, are very fair weather.
Yeah, but like you said, winning solves a lot of problems. It doesn't solve yeah. every problem. It doesn't fix every issue, but it solves a, a lot of problems because I guarantee yeah. you, you know, if like you took the Washington Capitals, right? And you mm -hmm. said, you know, before Alex Ovechkin got here, it, you know, there'd probably be 5%, you know, of, of people that were Capitals fans or identified as Capitals fans uh, in the Washington, D.C. television market. And then Alex Ovechkin gets here in the Rock the Red era and they make the playoffs every year. And then they win the Stanley Cup in 2018. And I guarantee it's a whole lot more. Yeah. Uh, than that. All right. So a couple more. DC's a hockey town, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> absolutely. Um, it once used to be a great football town. It was. Uh, yeah. We'll see it if will it be ever again. Back to that. Uh, yeah. So the market research from again Nielsen Scarborough, uh, as part of this report from WUSA Nine, found David 1.6 million Commanders fans across the Commonwealth of Virginia, with season ticket holders as far away as Tidewater, Richmond, so on and so forth. They said 1.1 million, or 500,000 fewer, Commanders fans in Maryland, where, of mm -hmm. course, the Ravens also share part right. of Maryland and a good part of Maryland. Does any of that surprise you, irk you, worry you, any, and draw any visceral reaction? Not really. I mean, you know, again, people like, you know, the hometown team and and, and the Ravens, I think we're very smart. Uh, one, I mean, they've, they've been now, they've been in Baltimore for a while, but like when you're moving in, you know what I mean? They put kind of the, the state flag design was in their logo. So it kind of, uh, you know, inspires a little bit of that loyalty for people, for Marylanders and all that. And I mean, what's, what's bad for one person is good for another and for the Baltimore Ravens while Washington has kind of been struggling and it has some of this off season stuff or off field stuff happening within the organization as well. Baltimore has by and large stayed out of that type of a limelight and also put winning football on the field. I mean, they haven't won a super bowl or anything like that, but I mean, uh, at least not in recent years that should, should say that, but, but they've been a competitive team and they've been, you know, in, in the playoff hunt and all that stuff. So it gives Marylanders a reason where, you know, Again, not everybody is as diehard as as the diehards would want everybody to be. So if you're a Washington fan, but you're kind of just a casual Washington fan and you live in Maryland and now all of a sudden the purple and black are doing better things than the burgundy and gold, it's it's fairly easy to start calling yourself uh, a Ravens fan. Absolutely. Uh, we'll have more reaction, uh, hopefully, in the next episode uh, to this, you know, of course, in, as it ties into actually, you know, like the building of the new stadium uh, and the football community that the commanders certainly want to build. But coming up next, another NFL team, David, in hot water for somewhat similar accusations. What impact could it have possibly on the commanders? And a thought from Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, on Carson Wentz that might be uh, perplexing, I guess, to some. Let's call it that. That's all coming up next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, uh, it is Chris Russell and David Harrison for our friends at Built Bar. And, you know, with summer coming, the weather is finally, maybe, some point going to get warm you're going to need some good food, some good healthy options to go on all those summer road trips and family vacations. How about a Built Bar or Built Bar Puffs? You can just easily throw them in your bag and your cooler in your kid's backpack. Make sure everybody's fueled up with healthy, nutritious Built Bars and Built Bar Puffs. If you don't know anything about the Built Bar Puffs, well, we've been telling you about them uh, for a while. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, the first ever protein-infused marshmallow treat. And of course, the Built Bars are just awesome. They're healthy for you, 100% soft and easy to chew, covered in chocolate, uh, and so many delicious flavors. Speaking of flavors, if you like flavor like me, bam, bam, banana cream pie, cinnamony churro on the Built Bar Puffs. And of course, they're coming out with tons of different flavors all the time 
for the actual built bars. You can check that out and see what they have available for you right now and what's coming soon at Built Bar. Uh, I'm sorry, built.com, built.com. Uh, and when you go to built.com, you use the promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, by using the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off, guys, at built.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back now for the final segment here, the Locked On Commanders podcast kicking off the week. Thanks for joining us uh, on audio platforms or on YouTube, wherever you are listening or viewing the Locked On Commanders podcast. Chris Russell and David Harrison on Twitter at WrestleMania61 at DHarrison82 and the show at LO Commanders. I'm a little out of breath. You guys don't know it because you didn't see it, but I just had to ran, run downstairs real quick, ran back up. Uh, but Chris... Uh, we've got some news, and uh, for once, it's franchise. Well, it's franchise news. It's a franchise potentially in trouble news, and it's actually not Washington. But of course, it is going to tie in perhaps to what is happening with Washington right. as well. Right. So the Las Vegas Raiders fired their team president on Friday out of the blue, Dan Van Trelli. And he said uh, it was a very short-term statement from the team, came out of nowhere. Nobody seemed to you know, be expecting it. I was watching uh, our colleague, your boy Q, who works for Raiders Radio out in Las Vegas, and he you know, seemed to be blindsided by this because Vantrelli was just hired about a year ago when a previous president was fired. Uh, and apparently Vantrelli said he was fired by Raiders owner Mark Davis in retaliation to concerns that he brought up about a hostile work environment within the organization that were ignored. He brought them then up to the NFL. He's now retained legal counsel regarding his firing, of course, as he should, you know, made a brief statement, David. Uh, and it sounds like, again, without knowing the full details, a lot of the things that sort of went on over here without yeah. necessarily having anybody as strong-minded as Ventrelli to go to the NFL and to, you know, go to the owner to say, hey, this isn't good. We've got to stop this. This is a problem. So yep. I, I guess without knowing all the details, I wonder how this could directly affect Dan Snyder and the commanders. You know, the league has retained Mary Jo White to handle the commander's investigation, Definitely. and she just wrapped up another investigation, part of the Hugh Jackson in, in issue, and uh, as it resolves, uh, revolves around Brian Flores. Um, so I don't know if she can handle any more investigations, but they seem <laughs> to like her a lot. My yeah. question and my concern or question, do you think this puts more pressure on the shield, on Roger Goodell, on fellow owners to be like, okay, we can just keep going like this and having bombs thrown at us, or we've really got to get to the bottom of this. Uh, it does. You know, every time something like this comes up, it absolutely puts more pressure on Roger Goodell and the NFL to do what is expected of them as a social leader in, in this country. And, you know, and again, uh, like it or not, you know, you've had players come out and say, like, I'm not a role model. And all this. Well, you know, listen, by, by nature of your profession, you are a role model, whether you choose to be or be one or not. And then again, uh, how you choose to conduct yourself as that role model is up to you. And that's, that's certainly your free will as a human being. 
uh, but don't you know don't don't twist it up into uh, you didn't ask for this because you definitely asked for this by asking to be part of the NFL. This isn't new, right? Like, this just happened last year where all of a sudden the NFL has a spotlight on it that maybe you have an excuse, but this is nothing new. Um, what this is showing owners though is that there's there's more and more people you know coming that are that are willing to kind of stand up for what is right. And you talk about personal courage and and Dan, you know that's that's basically what he did here is. Uh, you know, personal career and, and and job survivability and all that stuff out the window. I'm going to do what's right because it's right. Um, and, and I've always told people that, you know, as long as you go about it the right ways, you're you're going to be protected. And again, he's he's looking for legal counsel. Why? Because he believes that his firing was unjust. And if he's correct, if he's gone through things the right through the right channels, through the right, right ways, uh, then he's going to be you know vindicated in that whole thing. And, and yeah, in his statement, he didn't make any direct accusations. But I mean, Look, part of his statement said uh, what you referred to creating a safe work environment for female employees. So it doesn't take a, you know, you don't have to be a calculus expert to put two plus two together uh, Mm -hmm. on that one. It doesn't give you all the details, but it gives you at least a theme uh, into what some of these concerns were within the Las Vegas uh, Raiders organization. But that on top of what's happened with Washington, on top of what's happened with Brian Flores, on top of what's happened with some other situations in the past. And. We've all seen this happen before, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but look, there could be somebody working in this, you know, blank organization. I'm not going to put a name out there, uh, but, you know, blank organization. There could be an employee who says, you know what, I'm going to join this as well. You know what? I'm inspired by this person. I see what's going on over here. Obviously, it's not just happening in my environment. I need to get involved as well. And they go out and they make a statement. And this could just be the beginning of a lot of stuff coming out. And if you're if you're Roger Goodell, if you're the NFL, if you're the other owners, if you're another owner, you better be making sure your house gets clean. First of all, like you better make sure your house, if, if you don't know that it's clean, you better get it clean and you better get it clean very, very quickly. But if you're Roger Goodell in the NFL, you're, you're starting to have a very big problem on your hands that you need to take care of other than just trying to sweep it away with generalized uh, statements. Right, because there's going to be more scrutiny on the shield, on Roger Goodell, on all these organizations. The only thing I worry about is because they're dealing with multiple fires. Mm-hmm. Do they give the full attention to you know to all of them as opposed yeah, to you know? That's the other so part. we're gonna have to see how that all, all unfolds. This could maybe help Dan Snyder. I I, I don't know. It could actually, maybe. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it, I would tend to think like my my first reaction is, oh, it's gonna make it even tighter and even harder to hold things back and to protect. Uh, again, what's hiding behind the shield? And we know there's a lot of skeletons uh, mm-hmm. in that closet. All right, David. Before we run out of time. Uh, Chris Ballard, the Indianapolis Colts general manager with Mike Florio, a pro football talk earlier uh, or late last week. So basically, in a nutshell, we're not going to have a whole lot of time to get into this fully, but just want to touch on it, that Carson Wentz may not have still been the Colts quarterback, even if they made the playoffs, even if they made the playoffs, which the the common prevailing theory was that's why he was let go is because they failed and didn't make the playoffs. Quickly, do you buy that? And and we'll get more into this on the next episode. Do you buy that or are you selling that? I sell it. I, I 100% sell it. And honestly, Matt Ryan's your quarterback, dude. Like, just move on. <laughs> get your what did uh, what did Will Smith say about his his wife at the, at, at yeah? The get get your old quarterback's your, name out your mouth. Like yeah. you know, like like let him go. You know, like you traded him, bro. Like you traded him. He didn't yeah. trade you. He didn't ask to be traded. He didn't demand. He didn't hold out. You traded him. Let him go. 
All right. I'm going to have some more thoughts on that on the next. Yeah, one. I'll have thoughts for sure, but I'm just, that's my initial thought right. is Chris Ballard, okay. bro. You got right. Matt, Matt Ryan's your quarterback. I Focus think we on might that be guy. on opposite sides a, a little <laughs> bit here. I understand exactly what you're saying, but I think I might have a counterpoint or two that we'll have to that's save fine. for uh, again, the next episode. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we'll do so uh, then. Plus we'll have reaction to again the rest of what david saw at rookie minicamp but that's going to do it for us on this episode of the locked on commanders podcast thanks for making us your first listen and your first watch of the day now make your second the locked on nfl podcast schedule may be dark but the nfl of course never stops and neither does locked on nfl get insights and opinions from hosts including ross jackson chris carter and tony wiggins plus lock uh, local locked on nfl hosts representing all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Again, we'll be back uh, for another episode in due time, my friends, as we wrap up some of the things we couldn't get to here and some of the news that still we haven't been able to touch on, including a little Papa John's controversy. Hmm, we got to get to that. If you want to join us, locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or 301, uh, should say, 615-3577. I know we have a voicemail from Todd in Utah coming up uh, as well on the next episode. So a happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders, Russell.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Don't drive like a maniac. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.